Welcome to Go Home Heat, a WrestleMania podcast. We have Lit Nick calling in from grad school, working on that degree in script writing. How are we doing, brother? I'm actually currently kind of catching up some script beats as we're talking. Cool. But I will give this my entire attention because this WrestleMania deserves our entire attention. Yes. Now... Um, so we saw some storytelling tonight, I believe. So you might be able to help us with some of this. Um, night two begins with, uh, a country music singer singing, uh, America the beautiful. Correct. And then we move on to Orton versus the fiend. Orton seemed genuinely happy to see a crowd there. He kind of was taken aback as he hits the rail and I'm a little giddy right now. Forgive me for the, because of the main event, and we're going to get there in a minute or two. And I don't want to. I almost want to talk about it now, but I think it would do. Yeah, we'll get to it. I want to talk about it too, but we'll get there. We'll right. get there. Okay. So the fiend comes out, and well, the fiend's entrance time happens, and he is in, I believe, the same room the weekend was in for the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's over there with blinding lights, you know. Except now a fire goes over him and he becomes the fiend again and not He is purified into his original form. Right, right. Some form yeah, correct. Now then Alexa's music hits, she skips down, she's the evil fun playground girl thingy, and uh we believe she is to some degree his muse. But we have noticed in the last few weeks that she has, or since the burning at least, she is hearkening him at will. She is throwing fire. She is spitting up blood or forcing someone else to. And we think that that's all the fiend's choices. Maybe it wasn't. And we'll get there. Because she, uh, there's a huge pop-up box, um, jack-in-the-box style. She corks it a couple times. Gives it to run around, and the fiend arises out of it, which has been the 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 smaller one that she handheld has had him in it burned multiple times since all of this. Anyway, point being, starts out with him lari- lariating Randy from the top of the box into the ring. There, it's a very quick match, and it's it's um I, I don't I can't focus on the match because the ending was so wonk. I just want to get there. They were they were rough with each other. They were stiff with each other. The fiend was able to kick out of, or just immediately pop up from just about everything Randy hit him with, and then the, yeah, he also gave him like a sister Abigail, didn't he? Or it was about to at the end there. Oh well, he has he switches the he switches the script. Randy's coming in for the RKO. He grabs him for the Manimal Claw. He's got him for the sister Abigail and. Lo and behold, Alexa is sitting atop the of the jack-in-the-box with the strange star thing that is supposed to represent something else behind her. And she has a crown, a black crown on, and it is leaking some a crown form. of thorns Le- on her head. Leaking black fluid all in- over her head. It is quite a spectacle, and... The Fiend stops what he's doing, strides towards her. Orton hits him with an RKO. 
One, two, three, it's over. Orton gets out of there as fast as he can because this is too much for him to deal with right then. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I did my thing. I'm gone. The Fiend, the Fiend stands and looks at her. And I believe we have a new leader in this group without the group changing. It seems like she is now Sister Abigail. Because this whole thing starts with Braun. Oh, well, not the whole thing, but when he wants, you know, Sister Abigail appears in the Braun Strowman swamp fight thing, and it's Alexa, and we think that that's a coincidence or whatever, or, or Braun had a thing for Alexa or whatever, so that, that was what. Here we have her being what we believe to be, what I believe to be, Sister Abigail. And I don't know if she is the one with, it looks like she's the one actually with the powers now. This is total comic book land stuff. What did you think of this? The crowd booed. The crowd booed. I was very, <laughs> like, I was, like, I came into it thinking, like, okay, it's the return of the scene. You know, we got the crowd here. Reestablish him. He's been burnt. Now, now he can go on that tear, that Undertaker tear. And then he got RKO'd in three counties. <laughs> and I'm interested to see the story about where it goes. This match overall was so weird, especially to do it at WrestleMania is bold. But and I, it was really cool to see like. The classic fiend look again it's very good i say classic it came out like two years ago or a year ago right. but it was still it was for what it was you can it is enjoyable there's a reason why it came out first and it came out first because they knew it would disappoint ask seth rollins what 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 people think about beating the fiend he'll <laughs> yeah. tell you you know what i mean uh, they, that literally sure. forced him to he became a totally new character because he lost to the fiend in like real life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Because no, because he beat the fiend and uh, because he was scripted to beat the fiend, but in real life he had to switch characters because the crowd would no longer like him. Randy's too tweener anyway to have to worry about that. But it is very interesting, and by Abby, by the Alexa character doing something to him, it takes the steam off of Orton in the wind so it's just fascinating to me i don't know where it goes i'm not mad about it i think i get it if i'd have paid money to be there i'd have probably been freaked out you know what i mean but by the same token it's so strange that i can't say you know again i'm fascinated by bray wyatt's brain and where he takes us on these trips and so what we do with alexa here i don't know you know but it sounds fascinating anyway moving on to Tamina and Natty versus Nia and Baszler. This was um, pretty good. We had a, a kind of a, <laughs> I thought it was kind of neat, where Tamina tries to get up Nia and she gives us what I call the Hogan slam. And the reference there is that when Hogan slams Andre in the dome and he like brags about it so much, it really wasn't much of a slam because Andre's a big, big boy. You know what I mean? It was kind of a rollover. Mm -hmm. Still more than anybody else on the planet could have done at that moment in time, just about, you know, but by the same token, I call that the Andre slam when they just kind of roll them over real quick and drop them. And she did that with Nia right here, which is still impressive. Like you said, I mean, I couldn't know. Most people can't. Uh, great spot where Natty uh, slingshots 
Baszler into a super kick. And it looked like Baszler took that personal because she put a couple knees on Natty right after that that didn't look like they missed at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. What did you think about this match? It's It was pretty good. You know, I, I, I don't know. This one, um, the first two matches weren't, weren't really the greatest for me. I love Shayna, don't get me wrong. I was, it was nice to see the crowd pop for Tamina, though. That one, I was, that I was not expecting. Night, um, night one, no. Vince gave us, Vince allowed us to have all the results we wanted. Night two was not that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that the result was wrong here. I'm just saying that, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to see where this takes Natalia and Tamina. Because this was the right decision for their characters. Although the ending itself kind of make Natty look a little bit dumb because she, <laughs> yes. the ref was screaming at her, Shayna tagged in. You, you can put Nia in the sharpshooter all you, all you want. I agree. It ain't going to do Bidley. I agree. Um, they that's should... my main complaint, though, with the match, I will say. They should have had the ref do that. They should have had the ref do that once or have Natty not play up the fact that she was going to try to get her in the sharpshooter because Natty missing that tag is fine. But if you give her ample time to figure it out, then it becomes less fine. Correct. And and it was a a neat moment. That's the Yoka. Bret Hart famously put Yokozuna in a sharpshooter and it was really hard to do. And so you got two of these kind of weird callbacks that they probably didn't even mean to do, but they reminded me of that, you know, both, both mania moments, both fairly famous. Um, she gets Nia in the sharpshooter and Baszler comes in and puts her in, the, puts her in the chokehold while she's engaged with, with Nia. And that turns into the, the finish. And so we, we, we maintain the champs here. We didn't get a Reginald sighting, which I thought was interesting. Um, up until the end of this thing, we have kept outside interference to a minimal the first couple days. We have, um, I would say that if if there is a running theme through this particular night, it was physicality. And it really gets ratcheted up next because Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens is next. And Logan Paul comes out with his 23 million followers, which they probably told us 73 times. Kevin and Owens. The chorus of booze as he deserves. He got treated poorly. He which I'm not saying he shouldn't be, but he got he got the wrestling crowd when they don't like somebody treatment. And I don't know that he was prepared for that. When he was in the chair on the side, he, he kinda looked around a couple of times like I didn't I didn't really realize it was gonna be like this. You know what I mean? But that doesn't I think, matter. I will say I I'll I'll talk about it at the end there because I think they were playing that up and that wasn't an accident, especially with the ending. But again, we'll get to that when we get to that. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. And he signed on for this from the jump. He had to know where this was going because we get a fantastic match between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and I loved every second of it except for the fact that they kept having to cut over to Paul because he's a part of the story, which you, you know what I mean? And it's mainly yeah, it, so it takes away from the like um, intimacy of the match because like if you know these two in their history and you know what this match really is for them, it it really matters. Like it's such a big thing, and like you have all these small little mini callbacks 
these things in the match that are just really neat details for just those who are eagle-eyed and looking. Right. They gave you the callbacks from their uh, NXT matches, a couple of callbacks from some of their matches in WWE. But really, to me, they walked out there and just had a Ring of Honor match. Like oh, like yeah. they used to have against each other. And I just I, I just really loved it. It was so good. Kevin Owens is such a star in an unassuming package. You know, he just mm-hmm. when when he walked out that he is so the everyman's hero when he walks out because you know, like it or not, I felt like they booked the show for we're gonna disappoint him with the fiend, so let's do that first. And we have to do this championship match, but it's and it's a cool story with Tamina being in it, but they're not going to win. And Natty and Tamina are going to be the fan favorites. And it's going to be a little bit of a plotting match because Tamina, who actually worked very quickly in her match for her, and Nia work a little slower just because of their size. And it's their characters as well. They're big. Dude, by the way, shout out to Nia. I'm sorry I'm going back to this, but shout out to Nia Jax. When they did that double... Um, backdrop on her and she got her whole body flipped over i was so scared she was going to land on her head on that thing and she did it impressive now going to this match though it felt like they're booking this card um to ramp up the excitement right in the minute because sammy comes out and of course everybody's irritated logan comes out whatever everybody's irritated the minute Kevin Owens' feet hit there, and you knew when you booked the way this whole thing was going, that Kevin Owens' feet on the ramp was going to mean everybody's happy again. And him winning, going over, mattered. And then Logan Paul, he wins with a super kick, another super kick, and a stunner. And he tells Sammy, you got, you know, you 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 brought this on yourself. Logan Paul comes out, tells him it's okay, but then tries to go be nice to Kevin Owens. And Sammy gets flustered. And then Logan Paul pushes Sammy, which I don't think, Kevin was all that cool with Logan being happy with him. He really, the old, yeah, I can fight my best friend if you want. And he may not even be my best friend anymore, but you ain't, you know, you're not going to push my guy. You know what I'm saying? And so when Sammy kind of oh, storms yeah. off, disappointed, and, and Kevin Owens put the RKO on Logan Paul right there, crowd pops, and now you have the stadium in the palm of their hands all over again for the rest of the show, right? They made amends, basically. Mm-hmm. With the booking style, right? Did you do you agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nice to see Logan Paul get a stunner. You know, um, he deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, but uh, yeah, I also really dug what they were doing with Sammy and uh, Kevin's story. Like on all those points you just said, it's like that mutual, res- like the weird mutual respect that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have still exists. Like. It's like you said, like, I can beat up my boy all I want. You don't get the right to beat up my boy. Exactly. What What was that? I'm just saying that it feels like Kevin Owens was telling Logan Paul, like, I just beat the sense into my boy, and you're not going to beat the sense back out of it. Okay, <laughs> I just spent a whole match doing this. You're not undoing what I've right. done. Don't, <laughs> don't, tell me the last, don't tell me the last 14 minutes of my life didn't matter. Okay, shame is for... Sheamus versus the bro, Matt Riddle. Now you have bro riding around backstage, and we get a great bro versus the bro. We get a great Kali sighting, an RVD sighting, where RVD gets to promo his rolling papers, which was good for him, Mister Four Twenty. Sheamus versus bro. It was brutal. 
and I don't mean that in a they didn't wrestle well. They wrestled perfectly. Matt Riddle is a fantastic pro wrestler. And Sheamus, the great thing about this match was it's all, it feels like Sheamus, because it was thrown together at the last minute, right? Um, mm-hmm. Sheamus has been in this weird, this not weird at all, but he's been main eventing a lot of Raws and having big matches on Raws with either Bobby or Drew, and sometimes uh, with, with the Riddle. But basically what he's been doing is trying to get into the heavyweight championship picture, and he's been in a program with Drew, and Drew has proved his mettle through Sheamus in a lot of ways, trying to get back to Bobby. And the thing about what Sheamus has done, going back to his time on SmackDown, he just keeps putting in great, great matches with whoever he's out there with. And it's usually a big, strong guy. He had some with Keith Lee earlier. And Keith Lee, hopefully, he'll be healthy and ready to go, whatever's going on with him, next WrestleMania. Because he's a star, too, and I can't wait to get him back. It's amazing if you put a list of all the guys we didn't get to have this year. But let's go back to this. Sheamus gets rewarded here. This this match was brutal. It was strong. Matt Riddle showed you everything he had. He went deep into his bag of tricks. He was he's able to manhandle a guy the size of Sheamus along with do all of the stuff that the high flyers do. Sheamus is just fantastic. Sheamus did actually they were on the top rope there. Or Sheamus was on the second rope sitting on the top of the turnbuckle. And Riddle goes up to do something to him. And the, the spot is for Sheamus to grab him and and try to stand up while holding this 210-pound guy at a very awkward angle and then jump down and give him what is his white noise finisher. And instead he slips. He manages to catch his balance, though, and he just takes two strides and leaps and hits it, but then immediately goes to the other corner. And I'm sure that wasn't in the script, but he knew... I missed my spot. I got to do something else to make this look like it should be a cover. And he hits the knees on the chest. And and it's that's a veteran. He's in a big stage. He's in a big scenario. In a mess up like that, all he did was make sure he was safe. And then he turned right around and went into boom. Didn't miss a beat. Went into the next thing, right? And mm-hmm. so it doesn't miss a beat in the match. In the match, didn't miss a beat. And it was fantastic. And then... Riddle does this weird flippy thing and gets caught with a pseudo bro kick. He didn't really hit him with the full bro kick. Good thing because he caught he Riddle came up bleeding a little bit afterwards, so he might have caught him a little bit in the mouth there. You know, um, what did you think of this match? I thought that ending was fantastic. Like I enjoyed the match, but that ending where like you have the flip that gets straight into a broke kick. It reminded me a bit of the famous Ricochet and Adam Cole super kick. Absolutely. I was. I just thought that that like that exact precision was just. And then, ooh, I'm happy Sheamus is getting the belt after all this time. After all this work that he's done, you know, he's earned it. Right, right. And I think if they if WrestleMania was a month and a half earlier, he's not even on the show. I just think he's been killing uh-huh. it so much that they were like, you know what. Why wouldn't we have the guy who's been the workhorse of the show anyway have the workhorse of the show belt, right? It makes sense, mm-hmm. and you can put the belt back on Riddle soon if you want to. It, you don't, you know, you don't have to, but you can. Um, you thought that maybe his forgetting his lines the other night did it to him, huh? Um, I did. Uh, <laughs> I I was I was texting everyone. Um, if you have a little the rest of the group chat, but um, when 
that happened when I saw that the um, that previous SmackDown episode where Riddle Raw. forgot the line and just said like, "Actually, man, I don't know." And he just laughs and like rolls away. Correct. I was just thinking to myself, "Man, he's about to lose that belt." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The so, instant I saw it, like it's gone. So, right. So your mid your mid card champ on Raw is Sheamus, and then we got the night. Raw. Yeah, yeah I met Raw. You're good. You're good. You're good, buddy. Nigerian drum fight. No rules. No limitations. They have congos around the ring. They have tables around the ring. They have one big gong over there. Um, and they have kendo sticks. And they basically start the fight out with kendo sticks. It's Apollo. It's... Oh, we have a Wale. We have Wale come out and do a very good uh, intro of Biggie's new song. Oh, I think I almost forgot. Somewhere in there, Bad Bunny has a commercial for his 2022 tour. If that is your thing, hit it because that dude put his life on hold to live out a dream. Good for him. And now he gets to go do what he does for a living, which is live out another dream. That guy's living his big best life as Triple H in a Motorhead t-shirt, black leather jacket. No matter how hot it is, if I walk into Triple H and we're not going into a business meeting, I expect him to have a black motorhead shirt on and a leather jacket. If we're in the desert, stranded, I expect that's what Triple H will have on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hands him a uh, skull mic with a red uh, top to it. Okay, anyway, let's go into this fight. What did you think of this? Because they just wailed on each other with kendo sticks. Like I said, the, the theme of the night was we're going to beat the snot out of each other when we get time. Now, it winds up being... um. Biggie, after taking some brutal punishment, and boy, uh, Apollo made those stairs look like when he sna- reached down there and just snatched that one stair up with one hand, he makes those stairs look light. Roman does too, but Apollo just kind of, he's strong, boy. He looked like he's trying oh, to end old boy's life. Oh, those two did some nuts stuff. Oh, but, dude. Like, Biggie's tackled right, through the second did. rope? Yeah, the tackle through the second rope. Like, he does that so often, and yet every time, well, mm-hmm. not often, often, but he, but he does it often enough that I notice, and every single time he does it, like, the neck, you know. Yeah. You Don't hurt yourself, big boy. Time. Right. So the finish winds up being, uh, what's his name, Dab, Dabba. Uh, From Raw Underground. Yes. He was on Raw Underground. His name, shucks, it's Dabba. Not Dabba Dabba Doo. Dabba Kato. Um, he was on Raw. He did really well in those underground segments. And then he kind of disappears because you didn't have something for those 20 guys or whatever that just hung in, hung out in the underground with Shane and um, Omos, who's now a champion. Um, but he, obviously Apollo's character is descended, currently is descended from Nigerian royalty. I don't know this for a fact, but I have heard, read that it's actually true. Um, I don't know like what level that is, like if it's what generation removed, whatever. I don't know all that. I'm sorry if I don't apologize. I should have looked it up. But Dabo, actually, they, uh, I, I heard that Dabo's father is actually from from there as well. And he he comes into the ring and he's got on like a little, almost like an officer in a military uniform on. Jumps Biggie after Biggie's hit the big ending on Apollo and is about to win. 
uh, Dabo is a big, big boy. He puts a beating on Big E, puts Apollo on him. Apollo gets the one, two, three, and basically gets lifted out of there. And what did you think? You know, I wasn't expecting this ending. I'll be real. But I'm I'm happy that Apollo has it, especially with this like new character that he has because it's unique. It's unique and it gives him it's got a little bit of an old Kofi Kingston vibe of I'm putting on a voice, but at least it's slightly routed in truth because his Could be maybe is, could be could be maybe routed in truth ish. Ish <laughs> Hey, but you know what? You don't judge anything, right, until everything plays out. And here, with the ending of the last match, we realize, oh, they're going to need a baby face in the fairly soon future to go oh, yeah. after I the singles title. He lost, I thought to myself, well, now I definitely don't know who's going to win the final match. Right. Well... I had thought Edge would be the guy to win the final match, but like, you know, cat out of the bag, if you're listening to this, whatever, you probably already know. Roman won, but, and we're going to get there and talk about it in depth in a minute, but I did feel like Big E loses in a way where he keeps his strength. We know that Apollo had to cheat to beat him. We know that after a brutal fight, this guy jumps in from behind. Biggie probably gets his revenge on Dabo. Somehow or another, gets disqualified in a match with Apollo, so Apollo can keep the belt later on. Move on to other things and bigger and better things for Biggie, which is what what we all want. I want Biggie to be in every major program he can. He has been a godsend since the New Day broke up. I wasn't happy with them putting him on different shows. I just because I just like him. But it's you know they're they're together at the pay per views anyway to do stuff anyway. Let's move on then because we have a live intro band for Rhea Ripley and I thought that that was a if anybody really besides DX should get that style intro. This is my brutality as she's coming out slamming. It was great and she gets to the ring. Oscar gets her intro and we get. One heck of a women's championship match. What did you think of this? Oh, I thought it was one. I mean, to quote from the song, it was very brutal mm-hmm. and very fitting. Right. It, I think it like just highlighted just how good these two are at just being able to. I think, uh, and I towards the end of the match, like uh, the kind of encapsulates everything. Oscar nearly got in the Oscar lock. Something happened and essentially she rolled out of it and she kept on doing the kicks to Rhea over and over again and Rhea just kept on saying, do it again, do it again. And there was a small smile that kind of crossed across Oscar's face and for some reason my brain said that's her saying that she could was basically like like on the same level of Charlotte of like I could actually wrestle this person forever and it just works and it matches. And so... We wind up with Ripley wrestling a little bit more heelish than I thought she would. I mean, she was a heel in the two weeks this program got set up, or three. But I thought, well, I just didn't see her. She you know, she had her in the leg scissors early on and was like paintbrushing the back of her head. And we've always known that Ripley is strong as an ox, and she's very coordinated. We've seen that in these last few 
matches she had. You know, she's had some really good matches with Shirai. She's had some, dude. She had a banger with Charlotte last year that just nobody was there for. And she kind of had her moment. People were like, "Well, Oscar's never had her WrestleMania moment." Char- I mean, they basically put the NXT title on the big show last year because it was on Rhea Ripley, and she was supposed to, you know, even if she was going to lose to Charlotte be on the main show in Raymond James Stadium and that got taken from her too. You know, people don't mm-hmm. people don't look at things like that. Now the other thing was I haven't I don't recall seeing her do the catches catch can and rolling in and out of different submission holds like she did down the home stretch of this match. And I can't help but think Asuka spent some time helping her learn how to do that because because that is stuff that i've seen oscar do with multiple people that weren't like i've seen her do it with basler before i've seen her do it with with charlotte before i've seen it you know and i feel like oscar's the kind of performer the kind of selfless backstage act that is more than happy to make sure and that's been a theme for the whole weekend too is that whoever whoever had we talked about this the other day whoever uh, this morning actually Whoever has lost their matches has given everything they had to make sure the person who won the match looked like a million bucks. And when this match was over, as as Ripley gets a very quick, um, she powers out of a couple of holds and gets a a, a very quick what's what Riptide is her finisher, gets a very quick Riptide on her for the finish. And and we have this neat changing of the guard here as we have a new. Intercontinental champ. We have a new U.S. champ. We have a new uh, women's champ on both shows. You know that's and some of those are pretty young people that are just fresh up from developmental. I think that's a or whatever you want to call NXT at this point. And I I like the way they've kind of announced we're fresh upcoming new company. In fact, in spite of the fact that they're the old company, right? Okay, so let's get into this main event of the evening. Daniel Bryan, Edge, and Roman come out, and Roman comes out with Jey Uso. Um, one thing that we didn't, a couple of things that happened when you put Daniel Bryan into the match, one of which was now it's a no DQ if three people are in it. And once you did that, Daniel said, Oh, great, I'm in the match. You know who else said, Oh, great, I'm now in the match? Jey Uso. Oh, yeah. And that was that was a killer. So the, the early part of this thing, Jay is a focal a focus of it because he's super kicking anybody that falls down outside the ring. And then, of course, Edge, being smart, realizes I've got to get this guy out of here in order to have a chance because we just can't do this. He, he puts it on, DDT's Jay onto the stairs. Jay gets car, uh, helped, uh, escorted away. And then we get a Daniel, because Roman's down outside the ring. Then we get a Daniel Bryan edge a little back and forth for a little bit. Daniel Bryan winds up out of the ring, and we get a one-on-one with Roman in edge, in which they actually do colliding spears, which is a spot I never thought I'd see. I don't know. <laughs> and Roman did it in a way where his kind of, his arm was kind of protecting both of them as they hit each other, if that makes sense, considering they're both flying at each other like Superman. And oh yeah, and it worked. Uh, did you? What did you think about that? Oh, I loved the double spear. Mm-hmm. I, I I geeked out about that. I thought that was funny. Yeah, and it was good. 
Yeah. Now it then, also shows how both of them like it. Also, something really good about this match is that it really kind of the opposite problem that I had with, or not the opposite problem. Like it does the opposite of the natty problem from earlier, which is everyone was wrestling really smart. Everyone and acting smart, but also in character, so it made sense. Like, of um, course, they're both going to try and go for the spears because they, whenever anyone always bounces them across the ropes, that's when they do it. And of course, they're both just going to do it on instinct and then immediately hit each other in the face and hit the ground. Mm-hmm. And Daniel and it makes sense. It's great. And Daniel was Daniel was so great in this match because he was, you know, Roman is. Roman and Edge are both, at this point in time in their careers, guys that take advantage of situations. And and Daniel did that, but he was also frantic. You know what I mean? Everything happened quickly when he was involved. And so it gave the, uh, the match two different paces. You know, you had the bruisers, and then you had Daniel running through with a knee. And then you had Daniel running through with a kick. And then you had Daniel's kicks. And then then we get back to the Superman punches and that and a little bit of the rolling around. You wind up with guys in cross faces. Great spot in the match. Edge gets things going on Roman, rolls him into the ring. He's gonna he's gonna put him away. Daniel's out of the way for a little bit, it seems. He gets a couple of chairs, hearkening back to the old Edge and Christian days, or by himself, the one man concerto. He puts a chair out for Roman to get hit to lay Roman's head on and hit him with but he doesn't get to do that because as he slides the chair into the ring and picks it up and looks at Roman Roman grabs it and they yank back and forth and as, as you said it looked like a piece of the chair comes off in Edge's hand and Edge looks at it like well what do you know and he drops it in the ring almost like well you know I might need that later and <laughs> and sure enough he winds up getting Roman in in a cross face and he can't get him to tap out at first he breaks the hands and then edge quickly grabs that little piece and sticks it in roman's mouth which looked terrible by the way if you were having a piece of metal in your mouth getting yanked backwards just ugh, like at the dentist office but way way worse daniel winds up jumping into Rolling the ring in, right the free arm before he taps absolutely and so now roman's in Two cross faces. Edge sees what's going on, realizes there's no way out of this with with one of them winning. So he tries to headbutt Daniel. Well, that headbutt used to be Daniel's thing, and before the concussions, which is well, that's another story for another day. But Daniel winds up subduing Edge through the headbutts and then driving forearms into him and all that. And then Daniel all of a sudden has a shot. This all spins around into Daniel eventually getting. Actually, Roman and Daniel are ready to be concertoed by Edge as they're both out-ish. And Daniel receives the concerto and begins to quiver on the ground. Um, one thing I like about concertos and about the way you can do some chair shots is you can hit beyond them and they don't, you, know, you never actually touch them, but it makes a big noise, which is way better than hitting somebody in the head with a chair. And... <laughs> So it looks good, it, you know, all that other stuff, but it's not, it, you know, unless he just totally misses what he's aiming at, it's not as dangerous. But, um, and he turns to Roman, and that turns, winds up, uh, Jay winds up getting in there interfering, and we get Roman getting Edge with a concerto. Actually, Roman spears him, then winds up 
grabbing his, he could have probably pinned him there, but that wasn't it. And I will go back to the last promo Roman Reigns gave on Friday night where he told them what is going to happen tonight. He told, first he told them, which I thought was awesome, that dreamers are selfish. All they do is think about themselves. They're dreaming about their own happiness. I'm not that, right? <laughs> which is great. But then mm-hmm. in, in that same promo, he says, I'm going to smash you, I'm going to stack you up, and I'm going to pin both of you, and then a million dollars worth of fireworks are going to explode over my head as I'm as I am acknowledged. The biggest deal ever. And he sure enough, after all of the craziness and everything went wild, and of course he cheated, but by the same token, if you ask him probably, Daniel shouldn't have been in the match in the first place. And once you open the door, I'm supposed to walk through it, right? I'm the bad guy. He hits Edge with the his concerto. He turns around, throws him on top of Daniel, and he pins them both just like he predicted the last time he had a mic in his hand. And the end of this thing is him standing there, heel, title belt in hand, and I thought it was fantastic storytelling. I thought it was an amazing matchup. I, kudos to Edge being – he has not wrestled a ton when he's been in the ring. It's been great. Daniel Bryan is always great, and, and Roman's telling the best stories out there right now. What did you think, buddy? Shout out to both Night 1 and Night 2 for having back-to-back stellar main events. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I have no other words. I couldn't even say I'm a big fan of triple threats, but this had everything that I would have wanted, like surprise, like unique ways to go-to finishes other than just a simple distraction, a simple this or a simple that. The callback to the concerto, you had like the cool double cross face, you had the the yes lock, you had Edge spearing people out of their boots and stuff. It was, it was so good. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to think to all the main events I've seen this year and I think like heads over shoulders like of every pay-per-view main event this one for me is going to stand out as probably one of the best ones i don't know where it will stack among the wrestlemania main events much like the bianca versus sasha also stacking because they're again they're both fantastic but i would hazard a guess that given time people will just come back to these and remember how phenomenal they were right on the storytelling level for this one and the technical just beautiful level for the other one as well even though this was also technically awesome and there was a great story with the other one as well. It's, right. just, it's very good. Right. It's, I love wrestling. Wrestling is good. It Please is. watch wrestling. I went to bed last night thinking the same thing. I just thought how much I absolutely love pro wrestling. It is such a neat way to tell stories, and it's such an easy way to get away from whatever's bothering you. You know what I mean? It's just so... I love it. Love it. Oh, my God. But anyway, going back to this, I thought it was cool that you made a comment in the in the in in our little text back and forth with Justin, who was who was also on last night, by the way, uh, Nick, um, mm-hmm. or this this morning and last night um, that Roman was getting cheers when he walked out. And I said he'll probably have to kick a poodle to get booed. Oh, no, no. The- the reaction for Roman was uh, what I was noting was the same reaction he typically gets, which is mixed. 
Yeah. Only this time it's mixed for a different reason, well, which I found to be great. It's because the people who are booing are booing for the right reason. The people who are cheering are just fans of what he's doing. Right. For me, that's just like great. But what he did, what they, what they did by having Jay blatantly interfere early and late, especially the early interference, was remind everybody. This guy, I know you love what he's doing and the role he's playing. He's by far the bad guy in this thing. And and when mm-hmm. when you when you have outside interference like that that really doesn't have anything to do with the prime players and then you're going to get another 15 minutes of wrestling anyway. So it's not really it's just a perfect time to do this to sway the crowd so you don't get any cheers, right? And then Roman, from that moment on, whenever he was on top, whenever he was winning and doing things well, he would stop and yell at the crowd, and he would drink in the booze in a way. And, and at times, he would he would kind of lean into what part of his character is insecure, and he would kind of lean into that at times as well. He is He is just, like you say, chef's kiss right now. He is something special. And I thought they did a really good job of making sure now do you want you know 25,000 people or whatever which is what they had there I think tonight um going home pissed I don't know I don't think they really went home pissed anyway I don't think oh, Roman's no, that did. level they, even though they were booing it, it was still what are you supposed to they do? went home the first night cheering and crying you can go home the second night feeling like you're on the cliffhanger like the end of Empire Strikes Back you can right. go home with that I thought it's going back to last night, I thought Bianca and Sasha, I said it on the last show, I thought that's the best women's WrestleMania match ever. And uh, it it's it was amazing. And I'm probably on the short list, uh, short list of main events, you know. But, um, and this one's, this one's right there. This one's right there. Um, it was a totally different style of night. There were championships on the line tonight, a little bit more. There was, um, it was a very physical night. Like last night you had the Seth Cesaro thing was was physical, but it was also a lot of other stuff, right? Um, It just, Bianca and Sasha were incredibly physical, but again, there was a lot of other things involved in it. There was the high flying of what Sasha does and the the slickness, the the sheer slickness of what they were doing between Asuka and, and Rhea, Although I don't think it's on quite that level as what we got last night. It was a well-told story. And Asuka wrestles very firmly anyway. And Rhea does as well. I think like I think it's a great call on your part saying those two guys can wrestle. Anytime you're confused what you want to do with their characters, you can easily put them in a ring together. And just say, act like you're mad at each other and give us, you know, two, three weeks of great matches. You know? Because they're... They're gold, man. They're gold. And I, I, I honestly think, I know that Asuka's gold with anybody you put her out there with. And I think Rhea's already there. And that's amazing. So, any final thoughts on this? Um, Very, very good. That's all, I, I just, I'm still not over that main event. I'm, it, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, it's just, it's phenomenal. It, it was WrestleMania. It was, it ended with the cliffhanger that just makes me really excited for Friday. Absolutely. And I'm excited for whatever they're going to do with The Fiend on Monday. 
I got no what clue. I fully expect Alexa Bliss to just levitate around during the during the other matches. <laughs> this, because it's like they string her up on wires like Shawn Michaels, but they're like flushing down the thing or flying down the thing. It's just, just like it's a just genie like above. <laughs> yes, like an evil genie, exactly. You know, just floating around in a circle, around and above the ring, and they have to try to... Dripping black ooze onto everyone. Yes, yes, the evil blood. Oh, my gosh, the blood of death. Okay, um, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you, folks, for listening. Uh, check out the GIN Project, G-I-N-N Project.com. Check out us on the Spotify, the the iTunes, the on your iPhones, uh bullhorn freaking iHeartRadio radio app we're all over those places or so, everywhere including the telegraph the, the fax machine daily smart web, web the daily smart website um and just enjoy pro wrestling i saw so much last night there was just so much positivity on my feed and by the time i got up this morning the the people that probably don't even watch wwe had decided to start chiming in and being and it's like man it's okay if if I get it. If you really don't like something and you watch it, by all means, comment, right? But if that ain't your thing at all, and just what are you worried about, man? Go on about your life. Have a good day. <laughs> it's a matter of like for me, it's just a matter of perspective. Like if you think it's silly and ridiculous, well, a lot of things are silly and ridiculous. You're a dragon. They aren't real. Why should I care about Game of Thrones? Like. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, like, right. Who cares? This is a new type. Like we, we play, we say this and gonna beat you all over the head with it. But it's storytelling by any other means. Right. Some of it can be good. Some of it can be not so good. But when it's done really well, like we saw in both of these main events, it is something you will never see else anywhere else. The last form of theater in the round. Uh, the quote from Xavier Woods. Yes. <laughs> R.I.P. after what almost did to him. Anyway, actually, he's alive. Don't quote me on that. He's alive. Um, this has been a Go Home Heat production. Copyright 2021. Nick? Go Home Heat.